This is the Tao of Christ, and I'm Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which church historian Evelyn Underhill called the Unit of Life, and which Richard Rohr calls the Universal Christ, and which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. This is the Tao of Christ. Good morning, this is Marshall Davis. Today I'm going to start something a little bit different. For a while I have been thinking about going through one of the Gospels in the New Testament and showing how it presents Jesus' message of non-duality. And people have also been contacting me and asking me to do something like this. So I'm going to give it a try and if it works out I'll keep doing it. If not, then I'll move on to something more helpful. I've chosen the Gospel of John because it is the most non-dual book in the New Testament. Therefore, I need to start by giving you a little bit of background on, on this Gospel. Even though the Gospel of John is considered by biblical scholars to be the latest of the four Gospels, it is probably the only book in the Bible that is directly connected to one of the original twelve apostles of Jesus. The other three Gospels are not. The Gospels of Mark and Luke don't even pretend to be, because neither Mark nor Luke were apostles. They were both traveling companions of the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul was not one of the original twelve apostles. As I've said before, Paul never met Jesus and never heard him preach. On top of that, the names of Mark and Luke were not attached to these Gospels until the second century, 100 years after the events that they record. So we really have no idea if those names are even accurate, if those people actually had anything to do with those Gospels at all. But in any case, The fact that those names were chosen means that even in the second century, people knew that these Gospels were not written by apostles who knew Jesus. These two Gospels have no connection to the original twelve apostles. The other Gospel, the Gospel of Matthew, seems on the surface to be attached to one of the disciples of Jesus because he is one of the twelve that is mentioned in the Gospels, also known as Levi. He's said in the Gospels to be a tax collector. But that name Matthew was also attached to this Gospel in the second century, 100 years after the events it describes. and We don't know if he really had anything to do with this Gospel. And when we look at the evidence, external and internal evidence, there isn't any to connect the gospel to this apostle. In fact, the internal evidence points in the opposite direction. The Gospel of Matthew copies most of the Gospel of Mark, word for word. It would be very strange if an apostle who was an eyewitness to the events described were to copy the account of a man who was not even there. Furthermore, it copies verbatim the story of Matthew's initial 
encounter with Jesus, his call to be an apostle is what it normally is, is called. And it makes no sense that Matthew would copy Mark's account of Matthew's own meeting with Jesus. I mean, this was the most important day of Matthew's life. Why wouldn't he tell his own story in his own words? Why would he copy and paste an account written by someone else who was not there and never even met Jesus. So it makes no sense at all. For that reason, biblical scholars believe that the apostle known as Matthew did not write the gospel that bears his name. Most of the rest of the New Testament books were written by the apostle Paul, who never met Jesus and seems by his writings to be completely unfamiliar with Jesus' teaching and ministry. Paul's message is nothing like the message that Jesus proclaimed. So early Christianity was really the creation of Paul rather than Jesus or the Twelve Apostles, and Paul turned it into a Gentile Roman religion. Even the earliest Jerusalem church which was most likely to have retained the original message of Jesus, quickly fell under the influence of Jesus' brother James, known as James the Just, who became the leader of the Jerusalem church after Jesus' death. James was not an apostle. He did not follow Jesus. During his lifetime, he did not hear him preach or believe in him during those three years of his ministry, but somehow, we're not told how, after Jesus died, James got control of the new movement instead of Peter or the other apostles. It probably had to do with the fact that he was the biological brother of Jesus rather than any spirituality on his part. So, what I'm saying is that early Christianity quickly moved from the apostles of Jesus and Jesus himself to become dominated by the message of Paul and James. That includes nearly all of the books that we have in our New Testament. One of the exceptions is the Gospel of John. And that's why I've chosen it. It captures the spirit of the original teachings of Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that the Gospels of Matthew and Mark and Luke don't have in them authentic teachings of Jesus. They certainly do. But the Gospel writers were simply passing on the oral tradition that they had received. John, on the other hand, heard Jesus for himself. And he understood his gospel of non-duality. The gospel of John is the only gospel that actually says in the book itself that it is connected to one of the original twelve apostles. And this is, of course, the apostle John, the son of Zebedee, the brother of James, which is a different James, not, not James who is Jesus' brother. John is called, throughout the Gospel, the beloved disciple, or in some translations, the disciple that Jesus loved. And that term itself shows the closeness that John had with Jesus. 
we find John mentioned in the final words of the Gospel. Let me quote it for you. These are the last two sentences of the Gospel of John. They come right after a story about Peter and John, who were the rightful heirs and the leaders of the church, not Paul and James. Speaking of the beloved disciple, it says this, This is the, the disciple who testifies of these things and wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. That's how the Gospel of John ends. These verses give us a lot of information. They tell us that the Gospel of John is based on the writings of the Apostle John. This is the disciple, it says, who testifies of these things and wrote these things. It refers to a group of people here as we. It says, we know that his testimony is true. This we is understood by biblical scholars to be the spiritual community that developed around the Apostle John in the first century. And early church historians tell us that this community was located in Ephesus, in Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey, and that that community included Mary, the mother of Jesus. It is out of that church, that spiritual community, that the Gospel of John came. Is the third person mentioned in the text here, who is the actual writer of the finished Gospel, or at least the final editor of it. It says, And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. You hear that? He refers to himself in the first person as I. Different from John, who is addressed in these verses in the third person. This I is presumably part of the we, you know, part of the spiritual community that grew up around the beloved disciple that we know as John. I'm saying all this to point out that the Gospel of John is the only one of the four Gospels that can be tied to one of the twelve disciples who lived with Jesus and heard him teach. That makes it very important. And John was one of Jesus' closest disciples. The Gospel of John says that at the Last Supper he seated right next to Jesus. It actually says that he was leaning against Jesus, that he was resting his head on Jesus' breast, it says. Now, that is a pretty intimate description of the relationship that John had with Jesus. I mean, they were, they were close. The fact that John was seated next to Jesus meant that he had high standing among the apostles. In the other Gospels, it says that Peter, James, and John were the inner circle of three that Jesus would often take off by himself to teach. In the Gospel of John, we likely have the best insight 
into what Jesus actually taught. This gospel captures the spirit of Jesus' teaching, and it is the most non-dualistic of the four gospels. In the gospel of John, Jesus is a proclaimer of what I call unitive awareness or non-dual awareness, which the other three gospels call the kingdom of God. Here in John's gospel, it is also called eternal life, or simply life. The structure of the Gospel of John is centered around seven teachings that Jesus gave, all of them beginning with the words, I am. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door or the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. These I am statements are variations on the primary teaching of Jesus. In chapter 8 where he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. That brief statement, I am, was the central teaching of Jesus. It is the hub around which the other I am statements emerged like spokes on a wheel. When Jesus spoke those words, I am, he was equating himself with God, who declared himself to Moses in the burning bush to be I am, or I am that I am. Jesus was identifying himself with the divine. And it says that because, because of that, the religious leaders picked up stones to, to stone him, to execute him. This non-dual message is why Jesus was executed, ultimately, because the religious leaders considered it blasphemy. This I am saying is echoed throughout the Gospel of John. And as I go through the Gospel, I will bring us back to this central statement over and over again. This sense of identity with the divine is the Gospel of non-duality. That is also the essence of all true religion. Jesus makes it clear in the fourth gospel that this awareness of the divine is what he wants his followers to know as well. This is non-dual awareness. This is the gospel of non-duality. And this is the message of the gospel of John. That's it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.